Matthew chapter 6. We're continuing today our sermon series called Oxygen. It's our seventh week in this series and we're talking about the essentials of life. And today we're going to talk about um, another area that is essential for life. The last two weeks we've talked about prayer. And if you miss those messages, I encourage you to go online and listen. You can listen to the, the clear point of the week, which is just like a six minute blurb of the, the message. It's the one of the high points of the message. And then you can also listen to the full length version. It'll be there also. So check that out at clearpoint.org, clearpoint.tv. Also, we're on iTunes and you can subscribe there. It's free. We don't charge any money for that. And you, it'll download straight to your device and you can uh, listen always. So make sure that uh, you do that if you would. But today we're going to talk about another thing that is essential in our life as a believer, and that is giving. And I was wondering where, like, where is everybody today? And I don't know if the word got out that I was talking about giving. And they said, hey, I'm going to stay at home. So you notice I didn't tell you last week what I was preaching on this week. And uh, I wanted you to be here. We're talking about giving. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, we're going to talk about giving next week, too. It won't be the same message. It'll be a different one, but it'll be the same in the same context of giving. And we talk about giving, we're talking about money. And I know that when we talk about giving and money, it can be uncomfortable. And it can only be uncomfortable, though, if you're thinking, here we go again. He's going to ask us for money and he's going to make us feel guilty. My goal is not to make you feel guilty. My role is not to convict you. My role and my goal is to serve you as your pastor. And if I don't talk about giving, and if you'll notice, we don't pass a plate here. Um, we do have options for you to give. There is an offering envelope in your bulletin. There are two giving boxes in the foyer. There is a new avenue for which you can, by which you can give. And it is a, a kiosk, and you can follow the directions on the screen. It's in the foyer as well. And you can give online. And we want to make it easy for you to give. Um, it's really not about passing a plate. Our worship comes from our heart. And we want to make it as easy and convenient for you to give. And so you can make that a regular part of your life because we believe there's power behind the giving. And so as your pastor, I want to be faithful to talk about giving and to lead you down the road of righteousness and blessing, because I believe that giving is the avenue in which God's blessing flows. And if you have been a tither or a giver on a regular basis for very long, then you would say amen. Does anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. Well, good. So we maybe we have more givers than I think. And so um, today we're going to talk about about giving. Write this down. Giving is a heart issue. That's the first lesson I want you to learn this morning is that giving is a heart issue. And there are different types of giving. But when it comes to church, when it comes to us following Christ, there are two types of giving that I want us to look at. And we should be doing both. The first one is tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings is obedience to God to give to the body of Christ for the operation of the ministry. And I want you to notice that it is the obedience. It's out of obedience that we give. It's not out of a movement of emotion. It is a movement of the Holy Spirit working in our life, working in our heart to lead us to faithfulness to support the ministry of the kingdom of God. And so tithes and offerings is the first way in which we give. And then there's a second one. It's called charitable gifts. You'll see it in Scripture. It's called almsgiving. But charitable gifts is basically blessing others. It's seeing a need and giving money to meet that need. And we once had a staff member who was coming on staff here, and we were talking about tithing. 
And he says, will I be required to tithe? And I said, what kind of question is that? I mean, of course you'll be required to tithe. Everybody on our staff is required to tithe. But he said, you know, I, uh, I give a lot of money and I, I give it to people that I see who are in need. And when I just write a check to the church, it just doesn't feel as good. Well, I kind of get that. If you're giving out of that place of wanting to have a good feeling about your giving, then you might not like tithing. But when you look in the New Testament, the people came and they brought their tithes and offerings. They laid them at the feet of the apostles. The money was blessed and it was dispersed as people had need and as the ministry saw fit. And so there's a giving in faith. It's giving out of a heart to be obedient to Christ. It's a, out of a heart to bless the ministry and to be one with God. And so the reason we're talking about giving and tithing and charitable gifts, we're going to talk more about charitable gifts next week, but it's because giving is a heart issue. Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China, and he once said that God's work done, done in God's way will never lack God's supply. And I firmly believe that God works in our heart to move us to, to give to meet the need. God supports His own program. I believe that, but I also believe that God has chosen us as God's people. He has chosen to work through us to meet the needs of the ministry. So I was once told by a former staff member here that God has all the money in the world that just happens to be in the people's pockets. And so we have to be faithful in our, in our giving. And so he doesn't need us to meet all the needs of the ministry, but he uses us and works in us this principle of giving. And he uses that principle as a barometer to measure our righteousness. And so I want you to be in Matthew chapter six. But first, I want you to write this down as our first lesson for today. My giving measures the condition of my spiritual life. My giving measures the condition of my spiritual life. And I know some of you are probably thinking right now that that is just completely ludicrous. That's not true. But I want you to look at this passage that Jesus shared in Matthew chapter six, verse 19. But first of all, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered why we call it the spiritual life? It's our spiritual life. When we talk about our spiritual life, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about life led by the Spirit. Our spiritual life cannot be set aside or uh, segregated from any other area of our life. Our spiritual life is who we are. It's, it's that we are spiritual beings and therefore life flows out of the Spirit that is within us. And so the heart is guided by the Spirit. And if the heart is guided by and responds to the Spirit, then our giving is a heart issue. Our our heart is a giving issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? They go back and forth. It's that our giving is a heart issue and our heart is a giving issue. And the question is, what spirit is guiding your heart? So Matthew chapter 6, I've told you that three times, now we're going to read it. It says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust do what? Destroy. Where thieves do what? They break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body 
will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So three times, we're going to stop right there. Three times he uses the word treasure. So treasure, as he is, as he's teaching this lesson to his disciples and those who have gathered around, treasure is not just money. Because I don't know about you, but my money is made of paper and my money does not rust. I don't know if a moth could eat that stuff or not, but it doesn't rust. And so I'm thinking he's not talking about cash and coins. He's talking about material things. He's talking about the things we accumulate, the things we hold on to, the the things we buy, the things that we fill our life full of. Those are our treasures. And so he says three times he uses the word treasure. And what he's saying here is don't allow money and material things to master you, because if we do, we aren't seeing clearly because our hearts are full of darkness and that darkness is powerful. It's deceiving. So he's talking about perception and our perception about treasure and material things. It comes from our hearts. And then he goes on and he says, he says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and he'll love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I want you to circle the word mammon. If you have your Bible and you, if you just have your note sheet, write down the word mammon. We're going to talk about that for a minute. Because traditionally we have known mammon to be synonymous with money. And it does, it is synonymous and it does mean money, but there's so much more to it than just a wad of cash. Okay. So mammon was the Syrian god of riches and wealth and The worship of mammon was about getting, it was about accumulating, it was about getting more and gathering more, it was about never being satisfied and never having enough. It was going to the God of mammon and praying for more and more and more. And what I've found is that the more we get, the more we want. So I had a cousin one time that says that she was not going to always work, she was married and She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but she said she was going to work until they got everything they wanted. Guess what? She's still working. She's still working. She has kids, and she's about to have her first grandkid. She's still working. They haven't gotten everything they want. Because this thing in us called desire and hunger and lust and greed takes over, and we always want more. There's always more to be had, and so... We're never satisfied. And so this these people were worshiping the God of mammon. And it was rooted in the heart and attitude of pride and arrogance and independence. That I will do everything myself. I'm going to accumulate. I'm going to be successful. And I will get all the glory. You see, that's why they worship the God of mammon. But mammon for us is, is not a whole lot different. Because what mammon means, it means wealth. It means riches. It means greed. It equals, I need more. So mammon is basically greed. And mammon, or greed, is a spirit. It is a spirit that is anti-God, it is anti-Christ, and mammon is a spirit that is competing for your heart. All throughout Scripture, God is going for the heart. God is going for the life. He wants all of you, He wants every bit of you to be all in, to be all committed to Him. Well, guess what? 
so is mammon. The spirit of mammon is going for you. He wants all of your life. And he uses money as the bait to get you. He's going for all of life and he uses money and he uses material things and he uses success to get to you and to reel you in and to make you his. But what Jesus is simply saying here is you cannot serve God and you cannot serve greed at the same time. First Timothy chapter six and verse 10, he says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Is money the root of all evil? No. The love of money is the root of all evil. For which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and have pierced themselves through many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. But what I want you to notice is that money's not evil. Money is a good thing. Money has been used to do great and mighty and powerful things. And money has also been used to do very heinous and horrible things in the lives of people. So money used in the right way can do great things. Money used in the wrong way can do very wrong things and very detrimental things. But I want you to notice something else. Money really has no value. Did you know that? Money really doesn't have any value. Money is made out of paper and stone or mineral. And we the, the only value that money has on it is the value that is placed on it by man. Did you know that? Did you know that our dollar has value based on the value that man gives it? It's a little different than God because God's value isn't determined by man. God's value isn't determined by you and I and how much we sing or how much we preach or how much we go to church. God is God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. His value doesn't fluctuate. It's not dependent on the stock market. It's not it's not determined by the economy of the United States or the the world population. God's value and God's worth is who God is and will always be. And we worship God for who He is. But so often I find that we are serving the God of greed instead of God our Father. And so this morning as we look at the passage, I want you to see that, that second of all, our second lesson today, first is that, is that we are, are it, with giving is a heart issue. And that, and then the next lesson is that my giving is measured, my giving measures the condition of my spiritual life. And then the next thing I want you to see is my giving is guided by a spirit. It's either guided by the spirit of greed or it's guided by the spirit of God. Rick Warren said it best. He said, money makes a great slave, but it makes a horrible master. And when we begin to look at worship, it affects every single area of our life, including our money. But more than it affects our money, it's a heart issue. And so today I want to talk to you just for a minute about this heart issue. Jesus says no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so if your heart is led by mammon or the spirit of greed, it will it will have an effect on you to determine how you view God. If your heart is led by greed, you will view God as a taker. If you just sit and think for a minute, just go back through your mind. Begin asking yourself, how do I view God? Is God a taker 
or is God a giver? For many of us, we think God is a taker. When it comes to life, when it comes to loved ones, and when it comes to our money, we believe that God is a taker. And if we believe that God is a taker, then I believe that when I'm asked to give, that that God's basically hijacking my life. He is He is demanding. He's asking me to give out of something that I don't have. And what I have to do is I have to hold tightly on to what I've earned. I have to hold on tightly to the material, the material stuff that I have earned and that I've accumulated and the things that I think I need. And every time I look up to God and I see God, I see God pointing his finger at me saying, give me, give me, give me. Have you ever been a part of a church where all they talked about was giving? Have you ever done that? See, churches can become that, that way they, they, they assemble everybody together and the whole heart of the church is about giving. It's all about money and it's about a kingdom that we're trying to build. But what's happened is, is so often we've, we've drifted in, in our understanding of kingdom. See, what I want us to understand as a church is that we're not trying to build a kingdom called Clearpoint Church. We just want to be faithful as Clearpoint Church to build the kingdom of God. And we understand that it does take money to reach and to, to reach out and to fund the kingdom of God. And God has put the money in our pockets. And for some reason, God has closely linked our heart and our wallets. I think God just wants to test us with that and to see where our heart really lies. Do we love greed or do we love God? Are we serving the spirit of greed or are we serving the spirit of God? But see, what happens is, is even even if you are serving the spirit of greed, and you may not like that term or that that phrase, but if you look closely to where your worship lies and how closely your heart is tied to your money, you might see that you're worshiping the spirit of of greed. But even those who are worshiping the spirit of greed will give. And there are three levels of givers. And, and I don't think I put this on the screen. It's not in your notes. But the first level is the first level of giver is that you have to. And when you give out of a I have to, you're giving out of law. I have to give or something's going to happen. I have to give or God's not going to bless. I have to give or God's going to curse me. And you have that insecurity and that um, that that doubt or maybe that little bit of a fuzzy view of who God is and how God operates. And so you give because you feel like you have to. There's a second level of giver, and that is you need to. You give out of a need to give, and that's called obligation. You're obligated to give. And then there's a level three type of giver, and that is that you give because you want to. You give because you want to, and that's called love. When you give because you want to, not because you have to or because you need to, that's called love. And the only way you become a level three giver is if you have come into a relationship and experienced the love of Christ and that you have been filled with the Spirit of God. So you can't serve two masters. You either serve the spirit of greed or you serve the spirit of of God. And when you're led by the Spirit of God, then your opinion of God is quite different. You don't see God so much as a taker. You see God as a giver. A heart that is led by the Spirit of God and not the Spirit of greed is a heart that looks up to God and sees a giver. You see a supplier. You see a helper. 
And that's the way God wants to see you. See, when this person looks to God, he feels replenished. He feels refreshed. He feels um, not drained. Just taking that literal translation here from Scripture, his giving, God's giving is, bla- is based on blessing. God is a blesser. Blesser's not a word, but God's a blesser. God wants to give. And the heart of God is to give. And the heart of God is to model giving. And the heart of God for God's people is to lead us to be givers. Today, when you came in, you may have noticed that we have a, a new banner in the foyer. And it talks about, it, about giving. It says this is the giving station. And it says that we are all about giving. And it talks about giving of your time, your, your tithes, and your talents. And what I want to make clear is, is that there are, there's, there's a tithe of our time, and that's, that's giving of our time. There's also giving of our talents, or let's call it gifts, the way God has gifted us to serve. We give of that. But then there is the giving of, of our tithes and our offerings, and that is, that is money. And time and talents do not substitute for money. They just don't. God wants all three. He wants all three tithed on. He wants all three given faithfully. And so, are you a level one giver? Are you a level two giver? Or are you a level three giver? Law, obligation, or love? And how do you view God when it comes to your money? Well, the difference between the sparing, reluctant giver and the extravagant, abundant giver is the spirit that that person has a relationship with. So where's your relationship lie? Are you being led by the spirit of greed? Are you being led by the spirit of God? For one, he is a ceaseless, demanding, draining taker. For the other, he is an inexhaustible, extravagant giver. Much of my life, I viewed God as as a taker. I viewed God as one who I had to surrender my life to and I was giving up a whole lot. I had I had plenty of hopes and dreams for myself. But I always would have this whisper in my ear and in my heart that God wanted me to do something different than what I was planning to do with my life. And ultimately, that was to preach the gospel. It was to be a pastor. That's not what I wanted to do. And I'm sure that you can relate to that, that God has a plan for your life. And man, you try to find all the ways you can to justify it. My dad tried to help me justify it. My grandfather tried to help me justify it because they had hopes and dreams of me playing professional sports. And I had that dream too. But the dream of God began to override the dream of Brian. And God began to plant a new vision and a new heart into me and showed me that God was not a taker, but that God was a giver. And if I wanted to experience the full abundant life that God had for me, then I had to give him Not just my tithe, not just my time, and not just my talents, because I didn't have any. I really didn't have any of all three. But God saw something in me that He wanted. And that thing that He wanted was a lot more valuable than the money that I have. It was the life that He had given me. And He wanted my whole life back. So when we start talking about tithes, a lot of people say, hey, tithing is really not a New Testament principle. And you're probably right, tithing is not a New Testament principle. Tithing means 10%, basically. But when you go to the New Testament, God wants more than 10%. He wants 100%. He wants it all. So everything that we have belongs to Him. And so as a giver, we're motivated by the Spirit of God to offer it all back to God. And when you offer it all back to God, you'll see that God blesses, that God honors, and that God respects, and that God 
will fill your life full of everything that you've ever been looking for. And so today you ask yourself that question. How am I serving God? How am I giving? What spirit am I following? What is my view of God? Because when you begin to nail down your view of God, I think you can link it back to your giving. And you can link your giving to your view of God. So here's what the Bible says about God. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God shows His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died or He gave His life for us. Romans 8, 32, He who did not spare His own Son but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Is God a taker or is God a giver? What happened when God sowed the seeds of the gospel into our lives, what he was showing us is that he had abundant, everlasting life to give. And he sowed that into the fabric of our lives. He is he has given us a new nature. He has shown us that he's a giver and he has given us the nature to give because he's a giver. God is not a taker. Psalm 112, verse nine. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelation 2 verse 10. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Revelation 22 verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. The motivation to give is the love that's behind it. So Jesus gave, God gave because of the love that he has for you and I. And what I want to say to you is that our giving is a revelation. It's a revealer of the kind of heart that we have and the spirit that we're led by. So just ask yourself the question, how is my giving? And what spirit am I believing about God? Because the spirit wants to teach you about God. It wants to teach you who God is. The spirit of greed wants to tell you that God's a taker. The spirit of God wants to tell you that God is a giver. And if you'll look back on your life, you'll see that God is a giver. And then you have to ask yourself the question, how is my giving? And when we look at when we look at giving and when we don't go down the line and see who's tithing and who's not tithing and attach names to those. But what we can tell you is that everything that Clearpoint Church does, everything that we do, whether it's ministry, outreach, missions, um, keeping the lights on, paying our staff, our janitorial staff, everything that we do comes from the giving of about 30% of the people. 
And that is probably a generous number. Okay? So let's just call it 30%. So if we say that 30% of the people give 100% of the tithes and offerings, that's really pretty awesome. And there's a way that I calculate the health of our giving. And that is to take the full number that we take in each Sunday, and basically, let's just say we, we do it over over a quarter. And we average out how much money we've given in a quarter, we average out our attendance, and we divide the two, and you'll come up with a number uh, per person given. Our average per capita giving at Clearpoint Church is phenomenal, okay? It's really unbelievable, unheard of. It's at about $46 per person per week. The average is somewhere in the neighborhood of $38 to $39 per person per week when you look at churches nationwide. We're at 46 Is that pretty phenomenal or what? I think that says something about the heart of Clearpoint Church. But I think it says something about the heart of the 30% that give. That they're giving a lot of money. Because there's about 70% of the people that attend Clearpoint Church that either give zero or give very little and not on a regular basis. And I'm not here today to tell you, hey, I want to make you feel guilty. I want to make you feel shame. I want, I want to convict you because that's not my goal. That's not my role. But my role is to lead you spiritually. And if you want God's blessing in your life, It's not the blessing doesn't come because you give to the church. Blessing doesn't come because you give your tithes and offerings. Blessing comes because your heart is led by the right spirit. And you're you're responsive to that spirit to obey and follow God with a responsive heart. I noticed this also. I was thinking about the fruits of the spirit. You know what the fruits are, right? Love. What is it? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How much love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and all those fruits do you have in your life? Measure them by your giving. How much love do you show according to your giving? How gentle and kind are you according to your giving? And I started to look at that. I started to get a little convicted myself. Because if God's love is filling me, there will be needs that are met because of my giving. When God's love and gentleness and patience and, and kindness and goodness are leading my life by the Holy Spirit, my budget that I have on my computer will probably look a lot different. So we want to we want to tell our money where to go because if we don't tell our money where to go then our our money's going to tell us where it should go. But out of patience, out of self-control, out of love, out of joy, that's where we should be determining where our money goes, out of an obedient and responsive heart to God. God doesn't just want your money. God wants your heart. And when God has your heart, the money will never be an issue. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions and we'll be, we'll be finished. Ask yourself why you don't give. Maybe you've really never thought about it before. 
Maybe that's your answer. Well, I've just really never thought about it before. Um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but um, um, maybe that's what pricks your heart. Maybe I've just never really thought about my giving before. Maybe you're the person that says, I don't give because I can't afford it. There are a lot of people who say, I can't afford it. And then there's the person that says, well, I just really haven't created a plan to give. And when we don't plan to give, then we're planning not to give. So think about your giving and think about a plan that you could put in place to give to the kingdom of God. Or maybe this one. Maybe you think the church doesn't need your money. I mean, we got this big building. This church has 20 acres. We have 32,000 square feet of space. We have instruments and we have carpeting and we have air conditioning. Hey, if it was the difference between air conditioning and lights, I would take air conditioning every day. And by, by the way, it's a little uncommonly chilly in here today, which I'm loving because usually I'm, I'm burning up up here. I'm thankful for the air and for the, the heat and for the lights that we have. And, you know, think about, think about this church. I mean, we've got a nice foyer that has tile floor. We have these nice chairs that people have paid for. We have a projection system that uh, is kind of cool and probably costs a lot of money. This church doesn't need my money. Maybe that's you. Can I just tell you that we need your money? And the reason the church needs your money is because there is a vision to do ministry and to reach people that is far beyond this building. It's about reaching people. It's about being in neighborhoods, meeting people and reaching people like we had one of our life groups do yesterday. They spent three or four or five hours in their neighborhood passing out hot dogs and drinks and meeting new people and met over a hundred people yesterday just making that contact to say, hey, we just want to know you. Didn't even tell them we're from Clearpoint Church. But there's money that goes into that. There are resources that need to fund that. There are missionaries on a foreign field who are trying to reach people with the gospel because God said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we want to support that. See, it's about the kingdom of God. It's not about the kingdom of Clearpoint. And we just want to make sure that we know what God expects and what God wants and how God blesses so that we can be faithful. And so we can be obedient. And so we can take measurement and see where our heart really lies and what spirit we're being led by. And I think if we'll do that measurement, we'll see that there's about 70, 80 percent of us who are really led by the spirit of greed, not the spirit of God. And that God might want us to do some inventory and change our allegiance and our loyalty to him. Amen. So answer that last question. Every message has a conclusion. And I'm going to let you write the conclusion. And it's this. I believe God is a... And you fill in the blank. Is He a giver? Or is He a taker? What you believe about God will determine your belief about the principle of giving. But I'll share these last two verses. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Jesus, uh, God said, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no need for more or no more need. Luke chapter six, verse 38. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. 
for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And what that means is for how much you give, that's how he will determine how much will be given back to you. It's really not about the amount. It's about the capacity of your heart to give out of faithfulness to God. Let's pray.